0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our continued Tribeca coverage with our review of The Miseducation of Cameron Post. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater interview. This week, we're near the end of our Tribeca f- coverage, so just stick with us. We're almost done. <laughs>
1: we're going to get back to reviewing <laughs> Avengers movies.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no, we're, we're, we're trying to blow through this, so there's no reason to dilly dally. Um, what do you say we get into this, Steven? I can't wait. So as with most of these films, there, uh, isn't a trailer for this yet. So we're just going to jump into the review. The Miseducation of Cameron Post is a story of a young girl whose parents catch her, um, fooling around with a girl uh, of the same sex as her. (laughs) Uh, And essentially they ship her off to gay conversion camp. And this is sort of the story of her experience at this camp. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film?
1: I feel mixed about this movie, uh, largely because from reading the synopsis and looking at the cast this should be a movie that I'm all about. <laughs> like this should be a movie that I love. Um, I've been on the record on this podcast a few times as saying that one of my very favorite movies from the time the podcast has been going on was *Short Term 12*. Um, and aside from also having uh, John Gallagher <laughs> Jr.,
0: uh, we we both started laughing when he showed up in this half because it was him, I, I assume, at least with me, and half because of just everything about who he yeah. was playing
1: so, so sorry what what of the summary did you give already i maybe was tuning out uh, i
0: i i gave that it is a woman who gets caught fooling around with her friend and her parents ship her off to gay conversion camp
1: right so so basically most of this film takes place at this ostensibly faith-based gay conversion camp uh, and john gallagher jr is there as the kind of mustachioed worship leader <laughs> guidance counselor every like the the goofiest of jesus freak uh adult leaders you can imagine um but any, anyway so this movie it features him it's about kids that are working through things going through hard times that were sent away to a place where they kind of can all be together and connect over their feelings uh, it features some moments of heightened melodrama, but for the most part, it's a film that is just content to let characters talk to each other. It has a lot of the elements of Short Term Twelve that I should be really into, and it mostly just fell very flat for me. This movie didn't—I I didn't ever really believe it, and yeah, I think the one reason why is like I love when a movie takes on faith in general. I think like. It's a thing I happen to be very familiar with. Like, you know, my obsession with stand-up comedy is a thing I'm very familiar with. And I love it when movies talk about that too. But in both of those cases, because of the degree that I know that world, when something doesn't feel right, it bothers me. And in this movie, people talk the way no one I have ever met talk. And like, I grew up going to summer camps on the West Coast, on the East Coast. I went to some very conservative ones. I went to some very less conservative ones. This movie does not feel like it knows what the experience of that Jesus-free culture that it's kind of, if not making fun of, at least living in, is all about. And I think this movie is talking about an important subject, right? These gay conversion camps are terrible. And they no longer really exist thankfully at least not as explicitly as they did a couple decades ago Uh, and like good riddance they're horrible but this movie doesn't convince me that they have any idea what those camps would have been like or what the messaging is or what the people involved in them how they talk and what their motivations are and maybe maybe that's my blind spot right like maybe there are whole swaths of the country where people did talk this way when they believed in god they they just said like you just got to pray that he'll take your sin away. And that'll be the whole end of the conversation. I just don't, to me, this felt like a movie lampooning a culture that it doesn't actually know, like a straw man sort of social film. And that gets weird when it goes into melodramatic territory because it's showing how hard it would be for these kids to live at this camp and be told that who they are is wrong and what they're feeling is wrong. Um, there's a a very very heightened moment toward the end of this film when a kid kind of breaks from that, and he he's reading this Bible verse of from Second Corinthians of uh, for in my weakness I am strong in my weakness I am strong, and it, it, it's a really powerful scene on its own of what it would feel like when you're being forcibly fed Bible verses to be misconstrued to say something about you that you know they shouldn't be. Yeah. And you're, like, trying to reconcile with, like, you're telling me all these things, but when I read the text, this is what comes out. And, like, here here I can try, finally try to, like, assert myself and push back on this dogma that's being used against me. But it feels so kind of, like, cheap and unearned in the context of the story they're trying to tell because I, I don't believe the journey the kids are going on. I don't believe what the adults in this situation are doing. And I don't know, it just feels like a message film that doesn't know enough about the message it's trying to portray. Yeah. Again, that could be wildly off-base, just like with all about Nina and stand-up comedy, maybe it is dead on, and this is just a like subculture that I don't know about. But, I don't know, to me there was just something very inauthentic about it, that even though Chloe Grace Moretz is great, John Gallagher Jr. plays his character well, Jennifer Yale as the doctor is believable. Like, everybody's believable in doing just fine, but th- the whole thing just doesn't feel right to me.
0: Yeah, I think this movie's bad. <laughs> um, I I don't think anything you're saying is off-base. I mean, if if you're making the comparison the way you were worried that some of your feelings might be off-base for All About Nina, you and I disagreed about some of those things. You and I are in 100% agreement about this. Uh, I This film felt like somebody who like somebody had informed them that there were gay conversion camps and they were like, that's fucked up. I'm going to make a movie about that. And they just sort of imagined how horrible they could be and then didn't even get that right. Like, I, I think that this film outside of the scene that you mentioned where like you're actually hearing a kid fight with himself internally about like what he hears from the school, what he feels himself, what he hears from his father back home, like outside of that scene, which maybe a little more heightened than it needed to be. I think that scene, he could break down in the same way, but instead of screaming, can just be crying. Like, I, I think that scene could have been, like, maybe a little... Maybe it's just in comparison to the rest of the film that it felt, felt a little too big and too long mm-hmm. um to to make me fully buy it. But I think in general, like, there, this, this is, like, not only is it a film that annoyed me from the standpoint of, like, from the get-go, we're all on the side of this movie, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, these things are bad. Yeah, do something interesting with this premise. Oh, you're you're just gonna show dumb people being bad, and yeah, like I'm I'm already with you. Show some nuance, like if if, if John Gallagher Jr.'s character, like, right? That's yeah. did I say them correctly? Right. Uh, <clears throat> if his character really truly believed and desperately was trying to like if he didn't realize that it was bad and and there was some sort of nuance of him genuinely feeling that maybe he was helped at a place like this so maybe he can help others like there there was just there's there's no nuance in this film at all and it's not trying to take the premise and run with it and show you a side of people who are trying to help others but are maybe misguided like people misinterpreting things um themselves or trying to do something that they want to genuinely be good, like this. Is just evil people doing evil things. Like there's there's a scene where uh, Chloe Grace Moretz calls home and was like, I-, "I think I'm better now. Can you go pick me up? Can we please just leave? Like I really don't want to be here." And the mom's just like, "No, I think you should just stay there." And there's no there's no dialogue where she's like, "No, I want to bring you home, but I feel like I like there, there's there's just no nuance anywhere. It's like oh, I opened the door and they were fooling around." To the camp we go, and then as soon as you're there, it's just like there's a monster who runs the camp, yeah. and she's just mad. All of the kids hate her, and there there just there isn't there isn't a journey people go on. We see some characters who are like, no, I think they'll help us. It's cool, but like we see pretty much immediately by the
1: end, we know nobody even believes that. And I yeah. think to me that that's one of the things that I didn't believe. I was trying to grapple with what felt inauthentic because my bar is not usually that high for a film to get everything right about all of its characters as long as I know its heart is in the right place. Yeah. But here, I could never shake the feeling that even though this is a, a period piece, like, it, we, we were kind of d- discussing beforehand because it, it sounds like you were saying it could be set in the 2000s, and I was, I was listing, like, all the reasons this is definitely, like, an 80s or 90s movie of, like, I they're mean, listening to cassette tapes, they're dressed a certain way, the parents are hippies, the the Jesus freak music, like it's all very old school. But the reason I think you were completely right to not notice or care about that Just is all of, of the kids. Matters. All of the kids are a hundred percent 2018 in the way they think, in the way they talk, and in the way they view this camp, among other things. Like I do not for a second get the feeling that any of these kids were brought up in a kind of oppressively conservative Christian worldview that told them that their sexuality was wrong yeah i get the sense that all of them are like reading jezebel and also got sent to this camp and they're looking around like the fuck is this like like, it has this weird winking sensation where it doesn't it doesn't seem to recognize the much more likely problem which is that kids and their parents are both being pulled into this lie and like How do you untangle a thing that you have been told to believe about yourself your whole life? I feel like this movie undercuts that concept by making all of the kids seem completely in on the joke. Like, Chloe Grace Moretz not only seems to think that the camp is ridiculous from the moment she walks in, from the moment she's caught with this girl, she seems to think it's crazy that this would be wrong. Like, almost unfamiliar that anybody would think that way. And it's just this weird combination where on the one hand... She's supposed to be in a Bible study and is apparently being raised by like an extremely conservative I think it's her older sister. she says her parents died, though that never comes up again, except for in the iceberg um scene yeah i yeah, i don't know there's just something where I feel like it it wants so badly to let us know whose side it is on it's yeah. on, which it shouldn't need to like we all can assume what side the movie is on, just from the subject matter yeah. Um, but it goes so far in that direction that it like it's afraid to give us any any nuance or any believability. I think the one that comes closest to nuance is uh the Pastor Rick, uh, John Gallagher Jr.'s character because there are a few moments here especially toward the end where he does have that kind of like gentle earnestness that I remember from camp counselors and stuff too where he wants to relate to the kids and he does seem to want to be helpful like he's being friendly he's being kind when there are situations where he's being challenged by kids he doesn't come up with excuses he basically says i wish i had a good answer for you i don't have a good answer for you right now to me he is like an appropriately nuanced tragic character and it just bothers me that there isn't more of that like too much of this movie is just hammering home the ridiculousness of the whole endeavor and not enough is actually exploring like the way that this would damage you as opposed to just like the binary fact that yes, it is damaging.
0: But I also think that he's only nuanced to the audience. I don't think any of the kids actually get that from him. They like, there's a scene towards the end, like literally right at the end of the film where he comes down and a bunch of the kids are having breakfast and he sits there and just obliviously talks with them while they sort of just like placate him until they can all leave Mm. and go do whatever they're going to do. And it's like, there is none of that nuance communicated between him and any of those characters maybe in the scene where they're talking about the the event that happens towards the end but like outside of that there is no transference of his acknowledgement of his past and what he's trying to do for the kids or the his role at that place at all or his role to his his sister who works with him like there's there's just it doesn't do anything there's also things like if i can if i can Channel like my crisp brain. Like, this is a fucking gay conversion camp where they let the children bunk together. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, mm. the idea that they're so concerned they're not gonna understand their gender identities and behave the way that they want them to behave, but they don't think to separate them and isolate them. They're like, let's just, there's like, like there's a scene that happens that's proof why that's stupid. And it's just like, from the moment they arrived, just like, hey, this is your bunkmate. I'm like, and what is the bunkmate in for? Why are they bunkmates? This makes no sense. If if the school thinks you have to be ripped away from your home life and your entire life in the outside world, be sent to this camp so that they can reprogram you, why would they put you in situations that would tempt you? Like,
1: All I'll say to counter that is accountability buddies. <laughs>
0: but they didn't even have that though you can't you can't have an accountability so that's the
1: thing they don't they don't build up the concept like like i, I imagine I, that I might be a true to life detail but it probably includes something of pairing a person who's been there for a very long time who is like part of their role in their steps toward this terrible conversion is to like mentor a, y- a newer person or a younger person and like there might be something extra strong about the ability to make this, like, mental gymnastics stick if you have people all collectively seeming to agree with each other that they have to not have these feelings anymore. Uh, That all all could exist. The movie definitely doesn't show any of it.
0: All I know is I specifically remember, like, prayer classes where they didn't want uh, mixed sex couples being prayer partners because... The couple that prays together lays together, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a problem where like, oh, praying is an intimate thing. So we don't want to put people who might want to hook up together in these very intimate situations. So if you're going to a camp where they wanna teach girls not to be attracted to girls, maybe they shouldn't bunk girls with girls. Mm-hmm. It just it just it made me so mad at like the premise of this bunking situation. Because I was like, you can't be like she's like a Corella Deville level like a woman who's like trying to separate all the kids in the classroom. And then when it comes to to nighttime, it's like, cool, just, you know, you guys do whatever. We're going to shut off these lights, have a good night. And we're going to, you know, once an hour walk around the flashlight and see if everybody's sleeping. Like, it's just, it was the dumbest thing I could think of um, the film to do. And it just, it, it took me out where I'm like, you can't be this silly and this evil and not recognize how bad your setup is here. (laughs) It'd be like if, if, if uh if you were running a prison and you put like the uh the gun shack for the guards right next to the open air sleeping tents for all the convicts and nothing was locked right you're like yeah they're going to take that and mm. overthrow the prison <laughs> like this is dumb
1: yeah no i i agree and i think one telling thing is the main reason we booked this movie when we were picking what to watch was that on the poster uh It shows Sasha Lane very prominently, who was the star of American Honey, uh, which was my favorite movie of 2016. Uh, And we both loved her, like, in that movie and in the Q&A that followed. She just seemed like a really kind of wonderful actress. And I I I was excited to see what she would do in her first quote non-amateur role. Like, in American Honey, she was basically found specifically for this role and it was her first major gig and i I was just interested to see her inhabit a new character yeah and it's kind of telling that we're not talking about her at all because i think she isn't given anything to do like yeah her character like every character is just a conduit for the audience being like yeah this is a fucked up place this is dumb we should get out of here And that's about it. It doesn't show us anything deeper than that.
0: But she should be, like, the red in Shawshank, right? She she should be the one, like, secretly behind the scenes, knows how everything works, is sort of running, can get you anything you want. Like, she should be that character. Mm -hmm. But instead, she's just, like, the one who grows weed in the forest. And that's it? Yeah. Like, there's nothing. She takes a photo, a blurry photo from a Polaroid camera at the beginning of the film and that's supposed to be like significant later i guess mm-hmm. it just there was just so many problems with this film i but... I,
1: I will say like it, it did make me laugh a decent number of times i thought if you zoom in like so zooming out i think this movie fails at what it's trying to do because it doesn't depict this world in a believable way if you zoom into individual little bits i think there are things that it does get right like i think it it doesn't land like the the way it describes people talking about faith and stuff doesn't land but i think little elements of the more goofy aspects of say summer camp or jesus free culture or like worship music or self-help exercises i think it has a lot of kind of funny commentary there uh when we're first introduced to john gallagher junior's character he is mustachioed man in, I believe, a denim jacket, and he's playing an acoustic guitar and singing, like, the cheesiest fake worship song I can imagine. And I was so excited in that moment. I was like, yes, this movie is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to just nail the details. And, the, yeah. like, then it proceeds to not nail a lot of them. Um, There's a- another moment... of them? <laughs> we, we referred to the iceberg scene, and one of their exercises that they have to do is fill out this iceberg because... Uh, their same-sex attraction, quote, is the tip of the iceberg, but all the problems, quote, underneath the iceberg are what they have to deal with, like the way their parents didn't love them enough or the way their gender roles were being confused by sports or confused by this or that. And I thought, I thought that concept struck me as very realistic in the kind of cheesy, hand-wavy psychology that a place like this would use. And the way kids talked about how, like, they bullshit their answers there, I thought that was pretty funny, too. Like, there there are little details that I I do actually think it completely nails. It just is kind of overshadowed by all the things it doesn't nail.
0: Yeah, the the iceberg stuff is the only thing that I actually genuinely enjoyed about this film. Like, I thought the way they handled it was interesting. But it was still weird in that, like, there could be – you could tell a very interesting story – a a completely different film in this same setting. Like this could have been, imagine a story where a bunch of kids by their misguided parents are thrown at this like gay conversion camp and they figure out how to manipulate the system in the camp to make it look like they're doing everything that the camp counselors want them to do. But secretly they're having their own best time of their life like imagine a thing where it's like you get sent to a horrible place and you make the best of it and you end up forging these lifelong uh friendships with all these people who are forced to to suffer and play pretend to make these weird fucked up camp counselors think that you're playing their game you could tell a super interesting story in that setting doing that Mm -hmm. or you could just tell a very heartfelt story about what it means for people to tell you that everything about you is wrong um and 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 how to fight against those feelings and survive in a place where you're you're going to someone that's just going to beat you up and and just mess with your head and this film doesn't do either of those two things it just sort of does some like a little bit of satire about like aren't these like religious groups really weird when they try to have these camps Um, and it just felt
1: i think it does it goes for the the latter thing you mentioned in places it just inconsistently goes yeah yeah, it goes like it does frame some of the arc that chloe grace Moretz goes through cameron post is that right there are some scenes again i think she is totally good in this movie there are scenes of her breaking down there are scenes of her trying to reconcile like what did i feel in that past versus what i'm being told about that past now by other people in my life and by the person i had those feelings toward like there are hints of it where i think it is that personal story and the problem is it 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 seems to really really want to satirize to a degree that it's like losing its ability to have dramatic oomph when it goes away from satire and tries to be taken seriously yeah it th- to me, that is just what's really odd, is if you if you really want to satire Not satir, as If you really want to examine what a conversion camp would be like, I feel like you need to start with a character who mostly is buying into... Like, is drinking the Kool-Aid at the beginning.
0: Who wants to be helped. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or has been convinced by their parents that they should want to be helped.
0: Or and, who commits themselves to this type of camp, where it's like they feel enough regret over what's happened... Um, Maybe it's just the being caught is enough regret to make them want to, quote, get better. Mm-hmm. And then it's through being there that they realize that they had nothing to regret and they were right to engage in the feelings that they had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the character that uh, of Cameron Post, it's fine. I'm sure those characters existed, too, in that world. People who already believe there's nothing wrong with who i am or what i'm doing but we're forced to go through the motions to like satisfy a parent or something i just don't think that is the the person that we should follow for a drama on the subject i think a peripheral character would be fine right like do that but instead here the only characters that ever believe what they're being told by the adults are the peripheral characters and to me that's just that's an odd choice because it doesn't let you really wrestle with the the way that it screws with your head to be told these kind of things where instead it kind of plays as uh, Cameron Post is like the cool kid that comes into a school and then teaches them all like all the reasons that the school is messed up and they should rebel against the teachers. But the school
0: already has two kids that exemplify that, right? Like, Yeah, so she is joining the cool kid clique where they're all going to go off to the forest and I guess smoke weed off the four little shrubs of... (laughs) weed that they have in the middle of the forest like that was the funny thing too she's like oh i'm growing all this weed in the forest i i don't know a lot about weed i feel like that was not enough weed (laughs) i'm just saying
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, i I have no comment on that part (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's just an odd there's
0: there's more flowers on this table right now than than there was any plant life at all at the bed at, at that forest that's all i'm saying i'm just saying that,
1: that, that's true that's true but you might not know how little weed one is able to smoke <laughs> um,
0: all i know is i couldn't see the forest for the weeds nice
1: <laughs> anyway yeah other than a few moments of kids bonding that i think was very believable and realistic and a couple kind of more profound emotional moments that chloe grace moretz goes on i do just think this movie was lacking anything to really justify the story it was trying to tell and i'm gonna feel real fucking bad when i find out this is like an autobiography or
0: something Uh, it it, it might be but it's not a very good telling of whatever that person learned (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyways also at what point is cameron post miseducated (laughs)
1: Yeah, so that's what I don't understand. Again, she's not miseducated. Like, she never buys it. Maybe there's a moment, like, near the end of the second act where a few of her tears you could believe to be her giving this thing a chance, but I don't feel like she ever really does. No,
0: and also, like, there, there's even these moments where she's like, sure, I guess I want to get better. But it, it's like her the way she's responding in the affirmative is like, I remember one time when I was really little. This guy came to my by my house trying to sell magazine subscriptions at the door, and like I answered the door, he's like, "Hey, I'm from this thing, and I'm trying to sell magazine subscriptions." And he's like, "Ask me about my magazine – or he said, "Ask me this question." And he's just, like phrasing it a weird way. I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Ask me that question." I'm like, "I asked him that question," and I was like, just confused. And he's like, "I'm glad you asked," and then started into a spiel again. It's like, that's how her reactions yeah, feel in some of those moments. Yeah, she's parroting what she thinks she has to say. Yeah, she's like, I guess it's not cool that my friend got in trouble when i kissed her and got caught kissing her mm-hmm. but like it's not it's not her feeling sorry that she had impulses it's her feeling sorry that they got caught doing it which is a completely separate thing you can have guilt for something that you're fine with like right if i'm like ooh i'm hungry and i want a cookie and then somebody's like oh having another cookie are you like it's not like I'm like oh yeah cookies are bad. I'm just like ah shut up. I'm eating a cookie. Mm-hmm. Don't don't shame me. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, this is a weird needle for me to thread because obviously I I don't think the camp is right in any way, and I don't think her character should believe what they're saying or should feel guilt. But I think it's narratively so uninteresting for her to never believe it. Yeah. Like. Like, I remember from my own life being in a summer camp in, like, eighth grade or something like that, and it was the Tuesday night or the Thursday night, whatever is the most emotional night, where the pastor says this thing, and then you all go off and pray for a while. And I remember, like, being really broken up because I had some realization that, like, everything I had ever done in my life was selfish, and there's no way to avoid being selfish because if I do a thing because I want to be a good person, isn't that selfish too? And isn't everything I do just a lie and terrible? And I was like so beat up over that. And now yeah. I look back at that time and I think like you were really screwing yourself up over like things that you shouldn't have been worrying about. Like you were basically convincing yourself that normal human behavior is like evil just because you're not like perfectly altruistic about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so maybe like I hold that, feeling very close to myself like i think that is a really difficult thing for kids to go through yeah and i think something like being sent to a gay conversion camp must put that on steroids like that is so overtly wrong and like forcing you to have this like paradox of i know what i feel but then this is what i'm being told about what i feel but if god is love why am i not supposed to feel the way i do and yeah all of that the movie just doesn't wrestle with and that makes me really sad because i think a movie should do that and i don't know This one i think a decent number of awards or things at sundance or at least it got some acclaim and i have to think it's only because the premise is so necessary and like people are just skirting over the fact that the movie they got doesn't actually handle the premise in any good way yeah
0: agreed <laughs> so should we get to our verdicts then yeah cool Stephen miller if you were gonna give us a must see record with the caveat wait for rental pass the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it <laughs>
1: I'm giving it a pass with a caveat only because even though in hindsight I was very frustrated with the movie, the act of watching it had enough individual moments that I enjoyed to recommend it. Like, I was never angry I was watching it. I I had a good number of laughs. There were a few moments of recognition of, like, ha, mustachio John Gallagher Jr. I've, I've seen him before. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: it has little things, but for the most part, I just don't think this movie has much to offer. And I think the place it's coming from is not a place of understanding, but a place of... Down-punching is the wrong word because obviously the owners of this camp are like, you don't down-punch them. Like, fuck those people. But there's something about it that just feels cheap and inauthentic in the way that it's trying to deal with this social issue.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say oh, this is a must-avoid. Like, I very much did not care for this film. I think from... The moment they arrived at the camp, I was kind of like, ooh, this is what this movie's going to be. <laughs> and it kind of never really bounces back from that. And really, I honestly don't even know where the characters are at at the end of the film. Um, <laughs> I also have a problem with the fact that the marketing materials put out by the festival, um, the only image that's available for this film is like the last shot of the movie, yeah, um, which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like as the movie was going towards the end, I was like, "Oh, cool, that image." Um, so, th- yeah, take that as of however you will. That was just like that was like the last nail in the coffin for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is gonna be our review of the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? You
1: can go to twitter.com slash s David Miller or s David
0: People can find me at com or twitter.com slash Christopher IRL. You can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the warning.com or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from what will be the song uh,
1: i remember the name of the song it is what's up by four non Blondes.
0: <laughs> um, so hopefully you're enjoying listening to that Um, yeah, we are going to go take off and record another review. So hopefully you're enjoying this coverage. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye.